Mike Young, stories that need to be told. It's hot. It's a heat wave. It's 106 outside. Things are so bad. I saw a full, full high-speed chase on the freeway. There was a full-blown Uber sticker on the back. Not a good ad for Uber. People are losing their minds, me included. It's been a wild two weeks. I just want to tell you it's been an absolutely crazy two weeks. I don't know what's going on, but the culmination of everything is here. I had to move upstairs from downstairs for 30 days they're gonna redo my apartment get everything in order new hardwood floors paint my whole place blah 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 they put me in the penthouse but the penthouse smelled like some kind of egyptian musk so i had to have them move me to another penthouse because i just can't be around smells so people get your smell straight smell it out not everybody loves a pungent smell Odors need to be taken down a couple notches. Shout out Tom Ford. You got the worst cologne or perfume in the business. I don't know what you're spraying on these people, but women are walking by. Nobody can breathe. It's upside down. We got a big week coming up. This is big. So I ghost wrote for Michael Rappaport on his book entitled This Book Has Balls. It is what I hope to be. And it's all, believe me, I, I ghost wrote, but believe me, it's all Rappaport's point of view. And when you ghostwrite for somebody, you basically just try to get their voice in your head. You get all the notes from them, and they say go. And so Rappaport's voice is so damn clear, such a clear, clean point of view that it was not difficult to have his voice in my head. But I'm not as schooled on sports as he is, so I did a lot of research on my own. And it was an amazing experience. Could not be happier, could not be prouder of the book. Um, as an artist, you know, you're never 100% happy with anything. But we went all out. And if you've seen any of Rappaport's stuff lately, if you've seen him online, if you've seen him on Instagram, if you see him in the world, he is not somebody that pulls punches. His point of view is clear as day. Comedians work 20 years to get a point of view down, and this dude is just in him. And the book is called This Book Has Balls, and it comes out tomorrow, October 24th. By the time this comes out, it may have already been out for a couple days. But the bottom line is, is the book is done. We did the audio, and I'll just tell you the audio experience was one of the best experiences I've ever had in entertainment. Uh, we, got in the, we got in the studio. We got to record at Henson Studios, where um, the famous Jim Henson Studios, where Led Zeppelin recorded. And I mean, it was like all the greatest. Hold on one second. I'm pulling this mic out here. Uh, we got to record at Henson Studios, which is up on La Brea. Zeppelin recorded their Third Eye Blind recorded their Matchbox 20, the Rolling Stones, everybody who's anybody has recorded there. And it's literally, it's like you walk in and you just want to write a song. They've feng shuied to, they've mastered feng shui at the Henson Studios up on La Brea. Kanye recorded his album there. The Who recorded there back in the day, Janis Joplin. I mean, it's literally, look it up, Henson Studios. We did all the audio there for the book, and I'm really proud. It reads hilarious. Me, Rappaport, we brought in Ron Perlman, the actor from Sons of Anarchy. Ron Perlman, genius. Uh, one chapter we wrote as a stage play. It's called The Eviction of Phil Jackson. So Ron Perlman comes in. He plays Phil Jackson, which is hilarious. We got Phil Jackson hopped up on mushrooms. He's kind of out there, zoned out. 
Uh, I play Phil Rambis. I'm playing Jackson's attorney. Rappaport is himself ranting and going bananas, ready to get Phil Jackson out of New York City. And obviously at the end we wrap it up, we give Phil Jackson respect because he's a legend. But the premise of that chapter was evict Phil Jackson out of New York. Now the irony of the book is every chapter we were writing, things were just coming true in life. And it was really crazy, you know? We did a whole chapter ranting on the McGregor-Mayweather situation. Boom, came true, came to fruition. Outcome was exactly like we predicted. Um, you know, Muggsy Bogues, we talk about Muggsy Bogues. Why, why, how, why is he not doing TED Talks? Why is Muggsy Bogues not being studied? Why is his brain not being studied right now? You know what I mean? You're talking about a guy that's under 5'5", played in the NBA for 10 or 11 years, flourished as a pro athlete, and every single... Every single thing was against him. His size, his height, his weight. You know what I mean? Why is Muggsy... So we did a whole chapter on Muggsy. That was fun. That was hilarious. We do a chapter on Lawrence Taylor as to why he's the greatest football player of all time. We talk about LT being so great, breaking every record while still on cocaine and prostitutes. It's a funny, funny chapter. Um, I wrote my own editor's note in the very beginning kind of playing on what it was like to work with Rappaport because he's so bananas and so out there. And so it's just, it was a great process. It was a truly, it was a very, it was, a, it was grueling because it was just a ton of work, ton of writing. It was very real. And um, yeah, the book comes out October 24th. It's called This Book Has Balls. And we're super excited. You'll see Rappaport. He'll be on all the talk shows. He'll be on all the radio shows talking about it. And it's, uh, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. So just to give you an update, that's, going, you know, that's what's up with that. And then I got involved. I think I told you guys I got involved with White Boy Rick. And White Boy Rick is they did a movie about his life. They just shot it. Matthew McConaughey plays his father. They called me to do the book for Rick. And unfortunately, they transferred Rick from a Michigan prison to a, uh, a jail in Tallahassee, a prison in Tallahassee, and they put him in solitary for a while. They considered him a high-profile inmate, and they locked him up. And that's a huge bummer because Rick has been in prison now for 27 years. Enough is enough. They've literally got murderers, rapists, dope kingpins walking freely after serving 15 years, and this dude is still locked up. So when the real story comes out and you see the movie and you see the story come out, you're going to see there was so much involved, so much damn corruption. Detroit's personality is all over it. You know, Detroit is such a beautiful place to make a comeback, but back in the 70s and 80s, the politicians and the people that ran the city, they were just so on the damn take that anything could happen with money. And it's heavy. So my point is we were in the middle of negotiating for me to write his book, and he went into the hole. And he actually has to agree on the money for the book. So his lawyer can't make a decision without him, which I totally understand. But that's where we're at with that. So that might happen. So... I'm just kind of like writing comedy and getting back in the groove. And then about two and a half weeks ago, one of my good friends of 15 years out here calls me and he says, Young, I got this guy. He wants to make movies. He's a great guy. You're going to really connect with him. I think you'd be perfect to write his stories. And we go, we sit down, we have a talk. And this is like typical great Hollywood story. I go, I meet the guy at my friend's office and... 
Um, I'm not going to say the guy's name because I'm going to keep him anonymous because he's just a great dude and he's financing projects and I just don't want to put him out there like that yet. But we went, we sit down. He starts telling me about a story about a friend of his that was running some things in Detroit back in the early 80s. And they were involved in some bank robberies and crime sprees. And my boy, who I met with, they bought the life rights to the guy's story. Obviously, I'm from Detroit. Me and the guy start talking. And we just get into a whole Detroit thing. And the next thing I know, he starts talking about boxing. I'm a boxer. I love boxing, boxing family, the whole thing. Next thing I know, we're in full discussion for me to write potentially three films. So it was an amazing meeting. And... Excuse me, hold on. It's 106 degrees. I'm already out of breath just pacing around my apartment and burping from a tuna sandwich that I ate in the heat. So we talk it out, text me an hour later, and he basically says, hey, love your energy, love what you're talking about. Let's get going. Let's talk about this. So we hang out a few times. We do dinner. We talk story. We have two more meetings. And knock on wood, if everything goes well, I will be put into a writing deal very soon. Today the lawyers talked, and I'm just being transparent, and I know L.A. This is like one of those towns where, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, people talk this and that, but let's just say I think my producer here is a very real guy. I think he's a man of his word, and on the next podcast, I hope and pray that this will be it. I'll be in a one-year, three-movie deal, and I'll write three movies for him, and this is just not me bragging. It's just me saying this is what I love to do. I want to be in the cave in the daytime. I want to be writing in the day, doing comedy at night. Very simple, you know, and it can be done, and... It's so weird that as a kid, I used to dream about, this is very weird, but I used to dream that my that I would write in the daytime, perform at night, and make a living. And that was really it. It wasn't any grand dream. Of course, all the fun that came along with it was part of the dream. Playboy Mansion was part of the dream. Hot women in the jacuzzi, part of the dream. On stage, back up to, you know, dancers, all part of the dream. Let's get it straight. When people say that you're living the dream, the dream is not just writing in a cave and doing a show at night. The dream is big and fun, and why not? You live once. So I say to you, if you have a pat, like some dude called me yesterday, he wants to be, thinks he wants to be a comedian, not sure, and I said, dude, it's very simple. You talk to any comedian out there. Look, two days ago, or no, yesterday, last night, Larry David who's worth half a billion dollars, doesn't need to do a damn thing. Larry David got on stage at the comedy store and did stand-up, okay? So if you don't understand that stand-up comedy is in your bones when it's, when it's in your bones, it's not in everyone's bones. Some people trick themselves. Whoa, shit. Some people fool themselves. Some people, you know, try to say, yeah, I want to be a stand-up, I'm passionate. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's in Larry David. This is a guy who has to get shit off his chest. And he's got, a, he's got a stage to do it. And he doesn't need to do it. And it ain't about the money. So if any of you out there are thinking about getting in the business, and do it, forget the money. It ain't about the money. It's about the passion, the drive, having something to say, getting good, being great. You know what I mean? And like my friend Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cavs, 
rebuilding Detroit, as my friend Dan Gilbert likes to say, money does not lead. It follows. That is a natural law. Natural law. So if you just put in the work, do good work, good things will come your way. Now, if you put in the work and your work sucks, you ain't getting shit because you don't deserve it. So don't work just hard. Work smart and work with quality. You know, good shit in, good shit out. So that's that. You know, that's, that's, that's my little Mike Young update. It has been an interesting couple weeks because, you know, I came back to Detroit after the summertime, back from Detroit after the summertime, and I really didn't want to, I wasn't eager to come back to L.A., I'll be honest. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew I had to come back before Thanksgiving because this is where my business is, this is where life is, and I, I couldn't not come back. So I'm back, and it's all good. And next month is thanks is Thanksgiving, and I cannot wait to get back to Detroit, hang with my nephews, little superheroes, my young ne- Cameron, the young one. He's playing hockey, kicking ass. Just did a tournament, played a tournament. 30 teams in Minnesota doing professional athlete shit. Just great experiences. Ian's a senior. My godson, you know, sent me a picture of him from homecoming the other day looking like a superstar. So it's all good over there. It's all about family. Ah, the single mic tip, still still, still strong. Still strong. I don't even, so strong, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to keep living. You know what I mean? Find a hot girl with some frozen eggs. Just fuck, let's start the family. You know what I mean? I'll see you once a month. We'll have a great time. Who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, that's that. Um, trying to get my, my brain organized to like write enough stand-up to shoot a special. You know, it's, it's, I'm trying to like chunk and like compartmentalize. And, you know, from 9 to 12, write the movies. 1 to 4, write the stand-up get a workout in there somewhere, have some fun in there somewhere. So, you know, time management is a is a weird concept, but it's real and you got to like simplify, you know? You got to simplify. And I'm trying to simplify because for a second last week shit was getting hectic. You know what I mean? Like last week, I'll be real, it was getting a little overwhelming. People were coming at me for different business situations and weird things were happening. I did a, I, I did a big show. I did a show for like, I did a show for a, a marijuana dispensary company. And as a gift, the guy thought I was so funny, they dropped off a bunch of marijuana, which is hilarious. But I don't know how to sell it. I don't know what to do with it. Next thing I know, I'm like a drug kingpin. So got rid of that. Don't know, don't know where it was. Where it was. But they thought that it'd be a cool gift for me, and thank you very much. But I'm not into it that much. And uh, I don't know if I should have talked about that. Who knows? Um, let me see. Boom. Okay, just checking a text, checking a text. Um, doing these solo podcasts is really weird, but I feel like i got to get it out. So next week, or no, this week, Thursday, uh, All Things Comedy, Al Madrigal, Bill Burr's Network, Ari Shafir, Burt Kreischer. Sam Tripoli, Eleanor Kerrigan, Steve Renazizi, Mike Young, that's me. We are all going to Phoenix for the festival. We're doing a comedy festival in Phoenix this weekend. I got two shows Thursday night. Excited. It's going to be a blast. I land at 11 in the morning, 1 o'clock. I do my podcast where I'm going to interview Joel Bashkoff, 
Matt Coleman, managers, owners of the improv comedy chain of a couple of the venues, and I need to talk to them because they've seen it all, but no one's talking to them. Like, why are they not on a podcast? They've seen everything. They've heard everything. They've got stories that are need to be told. So I'm going to talk to those guys, and I'm looking forward to it. And then I'm going to be on the Nerdist podcast, Graham Elwood, who ironically, he's going to find this out next week, but he was actually an inspiration to me to do comedy because I went to University of Arizona while he was there. I watched him open for Jerry Seinfeld and crush it, and he was an inspiration, but I was too nervous to really tell him or really get into comedy in college. I was just too scared. You know, I didn't... Also, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I had no point of view yet. So it took a minute, but, you know, everybody goes at their own pace. And I personally have notoriously my entire life, it's just a running theme. I've been a slow-paced person. I've just, every single thing with me has taken more time than people think it should or, you know, than, than maybe I think it should. But I spent more time living life hard, real just not being afraid, I've spent more time living than I have working, you know, and that's just, that's just real, and now it's getting to be where I'm working and living, you know, hand in hand, because I think in this field, they feed each other, and if you read any interview of any great director that you like or great writer, they say, live, live, live your life, live, take notes, listen, look, you know, pay attention, and I'm paying attention because the shit is all over the place. You know, the only problem is there's only 24 hours in a day, but that's, you know, what it is. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out at Goal Sports Cafe, me and Kevin Connolly sitting up at the bar. Nine different characters roll over. They all say different things with different points of view. In my mind, in Connolly's mind, he's like, man, I wish people could stop, stop talking to me. In my mind, I'm like, shit, I think we got another hit sitcom right here. You know, so... Everything is good. This is really just a podcast, really just to update. I'm just talking alone. My coffee's finally working. I drank a Coke at lunch. It's 106 degrees. Nobody's comfortable. People are out there. I'm looking at places where, where can I go for two days? Like literally, should I go to San Fran for no reason? It's that type of heat. There's nothing good about it. I don't do well in heat. At the same time, I'm moving apartments. So tomorrow I got the movers coming. Today I hired a, a girl who works at Goal. She organized my closet. You know, it was beautiful. I could have never done it. And, uh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's that. So basically, this weekend, Phoenix. I'm, I'm playing Calgary December 1st. Me and Saget are going back on the road after the new year, which would be great, Saget's got a new uh, new special coming out called Zero to Sixty, which I really think is going to do well for him, and I'm excited for him. He's a great guy. We wrote a TV show recently together, and uh, you know he's just he deserves it. You know, guy works his ass off. Guy's 60 years old, busting ass, working hard, and that's the thing, man. This business, there's no retirement plan. You don't want to retire. There is no retiring, you know, as long as material's coming at you, I don't think, the whole world should not retire, there should be no retiring, that's like a weird concept to me, to never work, never continue on, like, what are you going to do, do what, so, I don't have it in my bones, I don't have it in my blood, I don't have it in my bank, 
How about that? I don't have the bank account to just say, hey, it's over. No, I want to keep working, keep making great things. And uh, yeah, we're in motion. So let's see, how long have I been talking? Ooh, look at that, 20 minutes solo. 20 minutes. I could read you all my new material. I'm, try, I'm working on new material. I'm trying so hard to crack it. I got bits on like younger girls and how bad their phones are. You know what I mean? Girls under, under 30, everyone's got a phone with 6% battery charge. Your screen's always cracked. You got lipstick and cat hair on it. You look like a, you got a homeless girl's phone. I don't know if I'm dating you or adopting you. I don't know what's going on. So I'm definitely working on new material. I'm trying to piece it together. And uh, I guess it is coming together. Doing stuff about family, doing stuff about, you know, living in L.A., moving. Not a lot was moving me to talk, like to really get motivated to write about it. A lot of things were not coming to me. But then I started just, you know, you, you have these little breakthroughs, which is all you can hope for. You know, you get little breakthroughs. So... We'll figure it out. Anyway, this is a 20-minute piece. Uh, Mike Young, stories that need to be told. All things comedy. Phoenix this weekend. Back around Halloween. Then I'm excited to get back to Detroit and see the family. It's been a heavy, heavy year. My mom is recovering really nicely from a stroke and a hip replacement surgery. That shit's been heavy. And... Um, Yo, 20 minutes, Mike Young, all things need to be told. I mean, all things comedy, stories that need to be told. It's fucking heat stroke Tuesday, and it's not even that because it's Monday. Literally delirious, pacing around my apartment before I moved to the penthouse. And uh, God bless. Peace.